Uh, we're a bit behind, but let's really uh, focus and catch up. Officially, today's daf is Samach Zayin 67. We are on Samach Vav Amud Bet, 24th day of the Omer, by the way. Um, and we actually pick up two lines from the bottom of Samach, uh, the last two words on Samach Vav Amud Aleph. Amar Okay, now we can turn this on the line over. Okay. Where do I know this from? And this is the debate of Abai and Rava about whether we say, um, you know, that you need two witnesses not only to make a Kiddushin happen, to make a Gitin happen, but even as a standard of proof about personal status. And one witness is not enough, even if that witness is not contradicted. Abai said one witness would be enough. Rava said it is not. Ein Mishnayim translates in two ways. According to Rava, you need two witnesses to make it happen, and you need two witnesses to prove that it happened. Okay. So, and this is not just about getting Kedushin. For example, some of the discussions were about whether a woman was taken captive and whether that would make her usher to a Kohen. Whether a woman committed adultery and that would make her usher to her husband. Okay, so Rava says, Mina Minola, where do I know this that you need to have two witnesses? It's now we taught in the Mishnah. I'm a Rebbe Shimon. Um, this is actually, it's interesting that it says, Tanan, um, yeah, it's a Mishnah, where is it? It's a Mishnah somewhere. The site says it's also a Tosefta. All right, anyway. I'm a Rebbe Shimon. Maisa, Maisa de Megurashel Diskim. There was a story in a certain a well or, you know, uh, a body of water uh, um, in this place called Diskim. Um, or Raji says it's either the name of a person or the name of a place. Okay? Biyavne, in Yavne, Shahaisa Omedes Becheskas Shlema. People assumed that there was enough water in it. Uh, it was a kosher mikvah. Umadidu, and then after, you know, a few months, some, some Chacham decided to measure it. The name says Chaser, and it didn't have 40 seah. So, Kota was Shinasu Agaba. What's the status with everything that's been used in that mikvah? You know, all the vessels that have been dunked in the mikvah, um, um, you know, from the last time it was checked, when we knew it was shalane, and then three months later when we checked it and we found out that it was not shalane. So it obviously didn't happen the first day, after, you know, day one after we measured it three months ago. So when do we assume that it actually went under 40 se'ah? So Rebbe Tarfin, so Amar Rebbe Tarfin, Rebbe Tarfin Rebbe Tarfin says we could assume it remained Shalem until the last possible minute, until the minute that we measured it. And anything prior to that is okay. Rebbe Akiva Mitameh, Rebbe Akiva says no, everything that's been done since the last time we measured it is Tameh, it's maybe not, was not Shalem. Well, exactly. So let's read that. Amar Rebbe Tarfin, What do you mean? We have a principle of Chazaka. It had a, uh, you know, it had a status of being, of being kosher. Of uh, being a full amount, uh, you're saying, well, I don't know, maybe it may, you know, when we don't know when it became chaser, uh, when it became puzzle. So we have to say maybe it became puzzle way, at, you know, way at the beginning. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, your doubt of when it became chaser does not override its status quo of being shalem. That's the principle of a chazaka. The whole point of a chazaka is something has a status quo. If you don't know when that status quo changed, then you can't. Then you assume that it retained the status quo. So until the last possible minute, when you have an, uh, evidence that it changed, you assume that it was shalem. No, yes, I, we are. We are. Yes, that is the general principle of chazaka. That's a very reasonable position. I'm a Rebbe Akiva. Rebbe Akiva said, but you're forgetting that something else here has a chazaka. Adam zebecheskas who made any person, man, woman who used the mikvah before they went into the mikvah, their or vessel, their status quo was that they were tamei. Misamei got You say, well, I don't know if he became dar. Maybe did his status change and he become tov? That depends if he t- was tovel in a kosher mikvah. Al tzitarenu misafek. You can't change his status if you don't know for sure that the mikvah was kosher. So that's a really good question. Like, which one do you go by? So I'm a Rebbe Tarfon. omed umakri Let's try to analogize it since we can't really. You know, there's no way here to figure out which one to tip, whether you go by the person or the mikvah. Let's look at an analogy. Let's say you had a person, a kohen, who was standing. And being bringing korbanot, the noda shuben grusha ben chalutza, and then he was informed somebody discovered, you know, that his mother was divorced before being married to the father, and that he's a halal. When that happens, we say that, nevertheless, his avodah is kosher until that point. After that point, it's not good. Now, of course, that's a really bad analogy because then we know that he was pasul before, right? So, um, and logically, of course, his avodah should have been pasul. The Gemara is going to quote a pasuk later on to show us that actually, um, you know, that actually we can say the avodah is kosher even though we know that he was 100% now that we have this information, he was a halal earlier. So that's like a special Xeris 
that he only invalidates the Avoda from the moment we know forward. It seems not really at all relevant to a question of trying to determine when something happened in the past. Okay? It's somewhat like the question about, you know, what happens if you're reading a Sefer Torah and you find that it has a psul. And it's a psul that did not just happen now. Like there's an extra word written in it. Okay? Or a whole word is missing. So you actually, you don't go back and reread the Aliyah. But that has to do with other issues. That has to do with the fact that we can rely on certain positions with the Eved that you don't need a kosher Torah for Kriya Torah. Okay? But here, anyway, you... You don't even have to reread the Aliyah you just finished? Right? I'm not going to go into the details. But basically, correct. I mean, it depends on the circle. Yes. But basically, that's correct. We'll go into the... I shouldn't have brought that up. Now you're going to ask me the specifics about that. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, okay, but, but anyway, so there are sometimes you don't have to go back and redo it, but it's not because you assume it wasn't a problem until now. There's other reasons. But nevertheless, this is the analogy he's making. So he says, oh, you see, in that case, we say it's kosher moving forward. You know, maybe he's also sort of pointing out the, you know, maybe there's a subtext here about the, you know, about the sort of policy consequences. Right? Imagine the policy consequences if a Kohen at the age of 70 found out he was a Ben Grusha. What are you going to do? Send out recall notices to everybody from the last 50 years? Right? So there's clearly like, uh, you know, even though we have to base it on a Pasuk, we do base it on a Pasuk. There's a reason why, you know, we can't retroactively invalidate everything he's done. So think about the same thing about the mikvah. What are you going to do? You know, everybody, you know, people, you know, women have been with their husbands since then. People have been eating truma, all this type of stuff. Now you're going to say everything you've been doing the last three months is invalid. So maybe that's a little bit of the analogy, like the sort of policy societal realities should push us to go by the chazaka that the mikvah was kosher, even though, again, here it's not an issue of chazaka. So that's what Rebbe Tarfin says. Okay, I'm a Rabbi Akiva. I'm Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi Akiva said back, "No, We're going to compare it to a Kohen. Let's compare it to a Kohen who is offering korbanot. The um, And here, if it turns out that he had a blemish, It's invalid, which is like a little strange. You would have thought that the you know knowing that your halal is a more fundamental psul than a balmum, which seems less about fundamentally about identity. And nevertheless, the halacha is we don't only have a pasuk for the case of a halal, that it's not a problem what he did in the past, if it was with ignor- in, in ignorance. But with a balmum, it actually is, uh, is possible what he did in the past. So if you're making an analogy to that well, case... He, he has a moon now. And, was real, and we realize that he always had the moon. We just didn't know about it. All right? Okay. So... Oh, well, if it was a suffix, then it's even a better proof for Rebbe Akiva. Okay? But nevertheless, he's saying, both those cases presume that it was around before, but, how, you know, but there's uh, one case, there's a halacha that you don't, ret- you know, you, you're not concerned about the past, and in this case, halacha is you are concerned yeah, about the past. Let's say, he broke his, let's say he went to the doctor and he found his arm was broken. Yeah. So how far back do you go? No, I'm, I'm, well, that's uh, that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's good. That would then be the debate of Rebbe Akiva and Rebbe Tarfton if you didn't know how far back the we're not discussing yeah. Well, I mean, but right now we're even discussing case which is again not an exact analogy, but you found out and you knew for sure before. And how much does that change things? Okay, I'm a Rebbe Tarfton. You made the analogy to a certain according with a mum, and I made the analogy to a coin who was a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza. Let's great. Let's try now. Now maybe we have something to work with. Let's try to figure out which case our mikvah case is more similar to. Even though, as pointed out, it's not really similar to either because in the mikvah case there's a suffix and here there isn't a suffix. Anyway, if it's like the Ben Grusha case, then, uh, then if it's more similar to that, we'll apply that law. And if it's more similar in terms of its you know, fe- relevant features to the Balmum case, we'll apply the Balmum alocha and we'll say that retroactive it is a problem. Okay, good. Let's talk about that now. So let's. So, so Rabbi Akiva said, "Okay, let's make the comparison." So a mikvah is a puzzle. You know, an individual can come and say, "Hey, I checked it, and it's uh, and it's uh, got a mikvah. I mean, it's, it, it's not, it doesn't have enough." And we would believe him. Normally, you believe an individual testimony. Similarly, if a Balmum comes and says, you know, if somebody says, hey, I saw this Kohen, you know, or this Kohen testifies himself, I have a Mum, that would be accepted. As opposed to the question of Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza, because that's a personal status issue, having to do with erva, right, and with sex, 
and with personal status that requires two witnesses this is why we're bringing this whole discussion in okay so therefore it's of a different nature okay now it's interesting like is that just haphazard that it's different or is that really relevant to his point right so uh, but we can we'll get back to that in a minute but let's just say so therefore to me it's more similar to the ben, to the Baumum and therefore it should be retroactively a problem okay other people have to testify and therefore it's a less relevant okay and it seems that the analogy is if you want to say that it's just not haphazard you know oh look I found a point of comparison but that it's relevant to the discussion the point is is that like if it's easier to establish that something is a problem you have a lower threshold needed to establish it's a problem to establish that there's a move to establish that there's not enough water in the mikvah then that means that we're more prepared to apply that status to it halachically to halachically recognize that status so here where there's a question when did it become chaser and you have the chazak of the person against the chazak of the mikvah well in general we're more prepared and to say that we'll that, that we'll acknowledge that the mikvah is chaser so therefore that's what we should say and we should say that, it, that everything in the past is a problem Amalei Rebbe Tarvin Rebbe Tarvin said Akiva koa poish mimcha ke poish minachayim anybody who separates from you is who separates from life it's sort of like the whole thing about the fish on the land right and so anyway so okay so anyway so it's funny he like gay he like that was it that won the case like you were waiting for Rebbe Tarvin to do a comparison yeah. in the other direction yeah. anyway fine okay so Gemara says he gave up for you what's the case of a Baumum that one person can testify now the Gemara is talking this is why we brought it in to prove that a personal status of Ben Gurdjieff and Chalutza needs two okay so hi Baumum what does it mean that one person can testify according to Baumum if the guy is denying it no you're lying I'm not a Baumum we wouldn't believe the aid it must be that the guy is not contesting it and therefore we believe one by Baumum but then the comparison is if the Baumum is the case of one without being contested so then that means what the meaning is the guy who has a mum is machish this one aid yes then the aid wouldn't be believed but is this an objective thing we're going to get to that okay yes we're going to get to that Michael hold off everything you're about to ask is coming up okay but the first what we want to prove is what what Rav is trying to prove is is that by personal status we would not believe one aid even uncontested so he says and I'll show it to you because we say a Baumum works with one and Ben Rusha Ben Chalutza too but presumably the Baumum with one is uncontested contested because if it was contested we wouldn't believe it so even though we're dealing with one aid uncontested we say Ben Gwisha Ben Chalutza one aid is not enough you need two the guy is not contesting it and nevertheless it says even though presumably we're dealing with a case that uncontested testimony of an aid echad by Ben Gwisha Ben Chalutza you still need two so you see when it comes to an issue of personal status you need two witnesses and one uncontested witness is not sufficient. That's Rava's proof. And Abaye says back what Michael was going to say. The Abaye Omer, no! Lolam de Kamachi Shlei, no! The guy is contesting the the Echad who says he's a Baumum. So then why do we believe the Baumum? Because the Tukamit, Amai Mehemin, why would they, I mean, I mean not the Baumum, why do we believe the Echad? So then you say, why would we believe the Echad if the Kohen is contesting it? To Amale, because the Baumum says, yeah, you're telling me you're, the Echad says you're telling me you're not a Baumum strip and let's see okay so that's what shlach means shlach actually can be a word which means like to strip okay and show demonstrate okay so you're telling me I say I saw you got a moom on your side there you're denying it let's if, you're, if you want us to believe you strip okay so therefore in that case actually if it, we would believe the Eid even if it was contested as, as long as the guy was refusing to show okay Vainu Diktani Okay. Wait, did we skip that line? Yeah, before you did. Oh. I was trying, I was trying to you were trying to tell me that? And to tell me when you're not asking a question, you're just telling me I skipped something. Okay, I skipped down to, um, okay, to the Dover Acher. I apologize. Okay, so before the I'm sorry, go back. It's about five lines above the Masnison in Rashi. So Rabbi Akiva had two ways of comparing it to the, what do you call it, to the, uh, to, 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 to the Baumum. One was the Baumum, it's only an Eid Echad. It suffices. And with Ben Grusha Ben Chalutz, you need two Eidim. And then we'll read Davar Acher. So going back, 
jumping back here, another thing, another way of comparison, mikvah psula begufo, balmun psula begufo. The mikvah, the problem is in the mikvah. There's not enough water. The balmun, the problem's on his body. ben and and those are different than the ben gurshim and chalutza case. Shapsula that that problem comes outside of him. It's what his parents did. And then so he had two ways of comparing it to the Balmum. Number one, Balmum, Eidachad is enough. And same with the Mikvah. And number two, Balmum, the problem is on, in the body of the person or the body of the Mikvah as opposed to Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza. So the Gemara now says, okay, so back to where we were. So Abai was saying, no, that idea that you believe in Eidachad by a Balmum and not by Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza, that's is a contested Eid Echad. And the reason we believe him by a Balmum is because if it's not true, let the guy show it. Okay, and then back to the Gemara, the Hainu Diktani, I'm sorry to be jumping back and forth, but back to where we were about eight lines before the lines get, uh, beget, start to get wide. Okay, where it says, Shalach Achzi, Amalei Shalach Achzi. Okay, go strip. Okay, so the, yes, Rabbi says, we are dealing with a contested Eid Echad, but nevertheless we believe him because he can tell the Kohen, if you're telling the truth, strip. The Hainu Diktani, Nikla Psula Begufa, Vamum Psula Begufa, Vayochich Ben Gushim and Chalutza, Shipsula Miachirim. So that's exactly the reason he's saying, by a Balmum, we believe a contested Eid Echad, but by a Ben Gushim Ben Chalutza, we don't believe a contested Eid Echad because there's nothing to show. How are you going to prove whether you are or aren't a Ben Gushim Ben Chalutza? Right? If it's on the body, we can say, show. If the Eid Echad say, if I'm lying, show me otherwise. But by the Ben Gushim Ben Chalutza, if he's contested, we won't accept the Eid Echad, right? Because if I'm lying, there's, no, there's nothing to be demonstrated, alright? So that's why if it's contested, you need two, okay? So is that, is that sort of clear, right? The question here is, we've got the two Eidim, okay, by the Ben Grusha, okay? I don't know. Alright, anyway, here's the case of the Ben Grusha, and we have the two Aidim. And we have the one aid. Here are the Aidim. And we have the one aid by the Balmum. Okay? Yeah, we can have him that he's got some blemish on him. And, and that he's hiding. Okay? So the point was like this. We need two in this case and one in this case. So the Gemara says, well, well presumably when one works, it's when he's uncontested. That's what Rava says. Because we normally wouldn't believe a contested aid. And even though one works uncontested, one uncontested does not work by Ben Grusha. So you see that by personal sadness, is an uncontested aid does not work. You need to aid him. That's Rava's proof. And Abai says, no, here he is being contested. Oh, I can't do it. Anyway, he is being contested. Here, we'll just draw that they're arguing. Okay, anyway, he is being contested. Okay? He is being contested, but we still believe the aid, because if you're telling the truth, show us. But the, and that's why we don't believe by a Ben Grusha, because if he's being contested, there, then there's nothing that shows the aid is telling the truth. There's nothing to demonstrate. Right here, if he's refusing to demonstrate, to, to, to show us, then it, we know that the aid is telling the truth. Here, it's just, he said, he said, there's you know, there's not, so then we wouldn't believe it. So in a case of being contested, we need two Aiden in this case. Okay? But the Rabbi saying we only need two Aiden because it's contested. If it was uncontested, we would accept it even in a personal status issue. So right, the moon yes. presumably depend upon like what kind of moon was. I mean, like, it's an internal thing. It's like, you know. Yeah, internal thing is not a moon. Okay, so the Gemara says like there might be a trace and not a moon. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. So it remains unproven whether, we, whether we're talking about a contested aid or not a contested aid. And whether a case of personal status, we, would we believe an uncontested aid, or would we always need to aid him? Now the Gemara just wraps up the issue about the Kohen. The Gemara says like this. Um, okay. Um, we don't, well, right, we haven't proven it. Okay. Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza, the Vodas of And how do we know this idea that a Kohen who's discovered to be a Ben Grusha, his Avoda is still kosher, everything he did until that point? I'm going Right by by Pinchas, it could be for him and his future seed. Briskunasalam ben zera kasher ben zera kasher zaro means any of his descendants or male descendants. Whether kasher ben zera pasul, so it'll be this idea that he has a status of going even if it turned out that he was a halal, which is shocking because the halal you feel fundamentally doesn't have the kedushas kahuna. Avud Shmuel Amar Me'acha Barech Hashem Chilo Ufol Yadav Tzitzah. This is by like the Levi. Bless his uh, sort of his strength. So what does that mean? 
and the act of his hands, and the word tirtzeh, by the way, ritzway by korbanot, right? Lilatzon lahem lishnei Hashem. So Chazal read this very much in the context of korbanot and pol yadav bring makriv the korban, and it's parech Hashem chelo afilu chulim shabo. So the chelo is a plain word, even if it turns out that he doesn't have kedusha, even if it turns out that he's a halal tirtzeh only until that point, right? Obviously, obviously. So we read it in that context when we were ignorant of it until the point that we found out. What do you go to the coin that you'll have in those days? What other coin are you going to go to? So it means, okay, it turned out that that's who you had, even though he was a halal. But nevertheless, it's still good. Okay, as long as you didn't know at the time, and he didn't know. Um, but what? No, he always called Avur de Shmuel. I'm not exactly sure why. Okay, Baal Mum, So how do you know that does not apply to a Baal Mum? So, Amar Avur Amar Shmuel, Amar Kradavar says, Lachain Amor Hininos in Lois Priti Shalom. By, again, going back to Pinchas. Keshu Shalain. This idea that it works for the Zera, even if it's even if it's Halal, that's only if he is Shalom Shalain, only if he is unblemished. The Lo Keshu Chaser, not when he's lacking. But it says shalom, not shalom. I'm Rav Nachman. Vav to shalom ketiyahi. No, the vav is like a, not a full. We, there's a special way we write the vav. We don't write the full length of the leg, and that's to indicate that actually um, uh, the, to make that drasha. Um, you know. Anyway, so so anyway, that's that funny halacha. I do have to tell you that I find this. I mean, I don't. I can't. I, a, I just don't understand the logic of it, just from even a purely halachic standpoint. A halal doesn't have any kedusha. A balmum does. A balmum can't. You know. Be mesim can't marry the woman a Kohen can't marry a halal has none of those restrictions a Balmum shares in the korbanot we just read it in the previous parsha right that he's the chelak chelak yochelu no that was a different puzzle anyway but the puzzle says that a Balmum shares in the korbanot and uh, obviously Ben Grusha does not and nevertheless when it turns out that it was something you didn't discuss that you didn't know about it's okay in one not in the other the best I could say is similar to the Gemara's point before about you know strip and show us that in one case it was discoverable and it was something that, you know, it was not like this abstract knowledge thing, you know, it was actually something that we could have, you know, that was like present to be seen, so that somehow more marks it, and we should have seen it, you know, and that maybe more makes for the problem, but uh, I really find a hard time to understand this, and uh, particularly if you, you know, to argue that like it's, if, if, if the argument is that a moon is like somehow more of like less, ex- you know, something more objectionable than the Ben Gurusha Ben Chalutza, you know, that raises all these other issues that I have. So anyways, questions that I have. Yes, sorry. Two questions. Is that Vav really not a full Vav in the uh, current secret Torah? I, I think. What, what, what is it? It looks like a Yud? It looks like a Yud. Well, it depends. There's different ways of doing a Vav Ketuvah. Right. Does some people read it with like a line between, right? There's different ways of doing it. You have a broken Vav. Smaller, like right. all the way down to the ground. Right, yeah. And then secret is still kosher. Yeah, because that's the Messiah of how to write it. Oh, okay. second, more important, right. or maybe more important question. Yeah. This is, seem to, this debate, uh, which they don't seem to have fully resolved, which seems to have uh, issues regarding uh, a convert proving his uh, Jewish. Right, so I've been translating. It's a good question. I've been translating in Shimon's personal status. There is some question about that, and you're right about how to look at the whole, like, you know, Case, etc. Um, by convert to make the conversion take place, you don't. It's not. You not only need two. You need three. You need a base in. Mm-hmm. And then the question becomes right about the issue you raise. Exactly that about proving it. So that is a good point. We do generally. We basically rule like Rav against Abaye, which is a good thing. Even in terms of proving it, because all the cases in the Gemara basically were to invalidate people. Okay, but it could also make a question about sometimes it's in the flip. A woman needs to prove that she's divorced. What level of proof does she need to produce? that she's divorced somebody has to prove that they're, they've converted right I mean so these are you know so that's, those are good questions but we basically toss them like rubble let's just start let's just go on let's get to the next Mishnah okay mm-hmm. let's start the next Mishnah <laughs> now we're getting to the the whole issue in Kiddushin about about like Yichus about identity you know which is, has to do with like uh, you know and all these Psulim and Mamz and we just mentioned Ben Gurusha Ben Chalusha Cohen, but you know all this question about what is your I, w- w- there's got to be a word here not identity and not exactly status but uh, you know 
somehow your your class. How, what word would you use to describe questions like Kohen, Levi, Israel, you know, Mamzer, cast, genealogy. Yeah, exactly. It really is like that. Yeah, personal status category. All right. Okay. Genealogical status. Yichus. Let's say yichus. Anyway. Okay. Um, so anyway, let's take a look. Okay. So. Um, if it's a man, if it's two, you know, a man and a woman, and kiddushin is binding, if there could be kiddushin, even if kiddushin didn't take place, but it's not, but legally there could be marriage between them, and there was no sin that took place in their union, okay, which is hopefully a standard case. So it's the status passes is defined by the father, uh, by the male of that of that pair. The what would be a scenario of this? Zekohenes levi of Yisraelites, whether the, the woman is in either Kohen Levi Yisrael, Shenasul Kohen Levi Yisrael, and the man is Kohen Levi Yisrael. So, what's the status of the child? Simple question. How, what's the status of the child? It goes by the status of the father. The status of the Kohen against the Kohen. The status of the father's Levi against the Levi. Doesn't matter what the mother is. It goes by the father. Okay, that's kiddushin is binding, and there was no avera. The Komagam Shiesh kiddushin v'yeshaver. Now, if the kiddushin is binding, but it's in, but it's in transgression, then it, the child goes by the invalidity, by the stigma, meaning it doesn't matter mother or father, you know, the, the, the stigma passes on to the child. What would be that case? First of all, any of the forbidden Kohen relationships, there it's not actually the status, the kid doesn't become a Grusha, but what we say is because it is a forbidden union for a Kohen, the kid becomes a Halal, okay, so that, the kid gets affected either way, okay. But then the idea, the concept of the of the of the stigma passes on. That's more directly applicable to the next case. I'm sorry, I skipped it. Mamzeret v'natin Yisrael. If the woman is a mamzer or a teen, which is the givonim, and I'm not going to we'll bracket the natin for now, but let's just say mamzeret. A woman is a mamzer who marries a male who is not a mamzer, or the reverse. A man is a mamzer who marries a female who is not. Okay, um, so mamzeret and natin Yisrael. Did I just say the same thing twice? Yes. Anyway, fine. Okay, the woman is the mamzeret and marries a man who is not, or about Yisrael a mamzer natin. The woman is a is is not a mamzer. She marries a man who is, then the child is a mamzer. Okay? So marriage is binding, because marriage is binding by the Isurei Lavim. If it's not Kares or Misa, it's a binding marriage if it's just a love. Okay? But nevertheless, the child gets the, you know, disqualified status. The child becomes a Halal in the case of Kohanim, and the child becomes a mamzer if one of the parents is a mamzer. Okay? The Kohen She'en a love Kiddushin, a love Kiddushin, any woman for whom Kiddushin is not binding, Avol Yeshalach Kiddushin, she could marry somebody else. She just can't marry him. Yesh la al acherim. Other people can marry her. Regarding her, other people can whatever. It's a funny contract, but anyway, other people can marry her. Okay, Havlad mamzer. The child is a mom. So this is a general point that Arayot, the child is a mom there. Now, who is this woman? Who, what, what does it mean? Because who is this? Either she's a married woman, okay, then other people can marry her, like her husband. Okay, she's married to them. Or she's a sister, a mother, a daughter, and other people can marry her. So basically it means any woman who's... So who does it exclude? Who's a woman that nobody could marry? Okay, so that is the last case. The call me she'en la'alo'alav'alo'alachim any woman who can't be married to anybody, Havrad Tamosa, the child fathers the mother's status, but is not a mamzer. Ve'ezezevlachifchavenachris, a non-Jewish woman or a slave. Right? There's no kiddushin. I mean, non-Jews have, you know, bnei Noah, but for us as Jews, no Jew can marry a woman who is not Jewish. No Jew can marry a woman who is a slave. So therefore, in that case, the child there's no kiddushin, but nevertheless, the child isn't a mamzer. The child is either a non. Jew or a slave, depending on who the mother is. And this is basically the principle of matrilineal descent. Okay, so you're about to be, not today, but soon, we're going to actually be looking at the prime Gemara about the issue of matrilineal descent. The father is Jewish and the mother isn't Jewish, right? It goes by, it goes that way. If it was the reverse, right? If the mother was Jewish and the father was not, either way, it says, I mean, well, that's not exactly covered in the Mishnah, but either way, the principle is Havlat Kamota, okay? Yeah, we can't disagree with this Mishnah. Because he would say, Mom's is even by Chai Ve Lavin, yes.
But it's covered, right? Because she could be the confusion was holding someone else, but no. Not really. Yeah, but then, but if we were to follow that logic, we would say that then it would be a mom's there, which we don't say, right? So it's because it's really the last part. Until then, it was sort of balanced, man and woman. The last part sort of focused totally on the woman, right? Yeah, because yeah, because. It's not really by the father, right? Well, the first part says you go by the father, and then it says, or you go by if 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 tradition is binding, but it's in a way where you go by either parent. But then when it was descri- but that was describing the scenario equally from her perspective and his perspective. In the end. It was totally from her perspective. If it's a woman with whom Kiddushin isn't binding but she can marry somebody else, it's a mom's there. If it's a woman with whom Kiddushin isn't binding and she can't marry somebody else, the fa- child follows the right follows. It doesn't talk about the, the, uh, the uh, uh, Jewish woman and the non-Jewish man. It isn't like covered in the description of this Mishnah. Let's take a look at the Gemara. Does this real principle work? Now we're going to have a fun thing and point out all the things not in the Mishnah. Okay, the that whenever Kiddushin is binding and there's no transgression you follow the father how about a case of a convert um, who married a Mamzeres because there's an opinion that by the Mamzeres that the Mamzeres is allowed to marry a Geir okay so is that's that a, yeah that is the way we prosecute but it's not it's a debating Kiddushin is binding there's no sin and and nevertheless even when you do this the child still is a Mamzer which is really unfortunate or else it would be a great way to solve the Mamzer problem yeah. right but, um, but we say the child follows so here's a case no Avera and it doesn't go by the father it goes by which either, whichever, which, whichever party is the Mamzer the child's the Mamzer doesn't matter about the father Titania Ger Shinas Mamzeres if a Ger marries a woman who's a Mamzer Havlad Mamzer you don't go by the father the child's a Mamzer it always goes by the Mamzer status Tiva Ribiosi that's what Ribiosi says Amalei so he said so that doesn't fit in our mission up I'm a lay. So who has this? Uh, so Rabbi Yochanan said back to Rabbi Shimon, or uh, so I'm a lay. He said back to him. Me says Rabbi Who says that mission is Rabbi Yosi? Rabbi Yudi. Maybe it's Rabbi Yudi disagrees with Rabbi Yosi. What does Rabbi Yudi say? The Amar Ger lo mamzeres. A Ger is not allowed to marry a mamzeres. So Rabbi Yudi's fundamental argument with Rabbi Yosi is not about the status of the child. It's about whether a Ger is allowed to marry a mamzeres or not. So he says a Ger is not allowed to marry a mamzeres. And then it fits the categories. Because if that marriage was forbidden, the child goes by the invalidity, but goes by the stigma. Okay? The age to do is in the age of era. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, it is in transgression. And once it's in transgression, it completely fits our Mishnah. Then it goes by the stigma. Okay? So that fits our claw. But we're going to have a problem now with everything that wasn't mentioned in the Mishnah. Either it's an exception, and the Mishnah's claw isn't right, or if it's not an exception, why wasn't it included in the examples? Okay, so we're not going to be happy either way. All right, so the Gemara says, fine, you're telling me that that case fits? Mom's there in a gear, according to the opinion that that's forbidden, the child is a mom's there? Why wasn't that listed as an example? So the Gemara says, uh, where were we? Vinisnaye, uh, so list it. Okay, so the Gemara says, no. Tana komakom to say falasuye. That's why it has a general statement. Komakom, right? It says komakom. If you take a look, it starts by saying Komakom Shish Kiddushin Ve'ein Avera, and then it has Komakom Shish Kiddushin Ve'yesh Avera. So the Komakom of Yesh Kiddushin Ve'yesh Avera includes the case of a Mamzer and a Ger. Okay. The Imai Seima, Lolem Reb or you know what? Let's go back. We could go like Reb and we could say it is an exception. Okay, there is an exception to the rule. Well, that's exactly, thank you. It's exactly where we're going to get to. Okay. It is Reb you're right. It is an exception. Okay. So how do I deal with the fact that there's an exception to the rule that there could be a case of no Avera and the kid still carries the stigma because as Michael said the time of Ezuzu Limute because Ezuzu is telling you this cloud is not totally true here is the list that it applies to it's not you can't assume that this rule applies to everything okay so basically what we're going to do is okay we're going to have to start adding cases and decide which thing okay so we've got Kol Makom you know you know Ana Vera I'll just tell the that right it goes by the Zachar it goes by the man and we basically have you know Kohen Levi Israel case okay and then but then we say but then but what we're going to say is um you know, uh, so the Azo, I'm trying to figure out how to 
draw this on the board. Anyway, first we have this. We have the ve'ezozo. The Gemara is going to say ve'ezozo means since I'm giving the list, it means there are some exceptions. That's what the Gemara is going to assume, right? Here's the klal. Here's the list. So list indicates what are the exceptions. So here we're going to have. Here are going to be the exceptions indicated by the word ve'ezozo. Okay, and the kol makom was a klal, and that's going to allow us to say other things that should have been on the list we didn't mention. Well, that's the klal is coming to tell us. Ezozo allows us to say it's, oh, it's not everything, and there are some exceptions. Okay? Ezozo is defining the klal. No. The Gemara is going to play it both ways. Here's the general rule. It's like klal uprat. Which one in the end dictates? So the Gemara is going to get to play it both ways. Because I understand, but this is a Mishnah. Okay? So the Gemara is going to get to play it both ways because the mission does not list all cases. There are other cases that should have been included as, as a good application of the rule and there are other cases that are an exception to the rule. We're going to have to deal with the fact that none of, the, none of those are in the Mishnah. So what we're basically going to wind up saying is anything that fits the rule, we're going to say it was included in the Klal, Kolmakom. Anything that's an exception to the rule, we're going to say because it said Ezozo, which was saying, no, it's only, here's the application, means there's some things that are exceptions to the rule. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna use those phrases to deal with everything that's not in the Mishnah. Okay, and by the way, we're gonna apply it to the end part. Komakom Shayesh Avera because Holech Achar Hapagam. Okay, right. That's what the second part said. The, and then it said the Azozo, right? The Azozo. So it has it here too. Okay, rule exception. Okay, so now, okay, this is where it goes by the Zachar. And this is where it goes by the Pagam. Okay? So now, because each one says, here's the rule and here's the list, it's going to allow us to put missing things in either of those categories. Okay? So the Gemara says, so where does the issue of, what do you call it, gay about a Gernamam Zeret? Okay? So Gernamam Zeret, where does Gernamam Zeret go? So either Ger and Mamzeret get added here because they apply to the rule of go after the Pagam if there's an Avera. That's according to Rebbe Yehuda. Or if there's no Avera, then they're an exception to the rule. And they go under here, Rebbe Yossi, Ger and Mamzeret, because they're an exception to the rule. No Avera, and it still goes by the Pagam. You see what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Yes? I'm not asking if you're happy with it, but you see what we're I'm doing? Not happy with it, okay. but I understand. All right, anyway. The Sula, so now that's going to be the rest of this daf. Basically saying everything not listed is either, is either works with the rule or is an exception and it fits into one of these, one of these phrases. Okay? If it's too low, is there nothing else? The halal shenas about Yisrael. A halal married about Yisrael. The yesh kidushin ve'en aveira. Now the most primary we're looking to find exceptions. Obviously that's more interesting. Okay? A halal married about Yisrael. That kidushin is binding. There's no sin for a halal kohen to marry a, uh, a, uh, a non-kohen woman. Okay? It's totally mutter. Kiddushin is binding, and Havrad Holech Achar Zachar, and and the child. Go- oh no, actually, this isn't an exception. This is actually the rule. Okay, and the child follows the father. Okay, wait, wait. What's the problem here? Chalal shana diyesh kiddushin vein avera. Havrad Holech Achar Zachar. That's the proof that Rabbi Yossi could be right. That there are things that fit with that that we haven't listed. Right? Yeah. Uh, one minute. Hold on. Oh, the problem is that this is... Oh, 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 the problem is... Okay, I got the problem. The problem is is that this is a case of a Pagam. And the Pagam, meaning it is true that... Wait a minute. Hold on. That's kind of... Okay, there's a Vesulo. Hooray. Chalashanasa. Yeah. And why is that a problem? That actually fits. It's just a problem that it's not listed? It's against the because he's saying all of the things should be listed the Azozo. Right? No, we're just saying the one exception falls into the Azozo. Oh, I guess that's 
Yeah. Oh, I, I see your point. That it, now we're assuming, because I already jumped ahead where the Gemara is going to use all the categories. But you're saying, I see your point. You're saying at this stage, we're assuming Azozo, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay, so I jumped ahead to assume we're going to use all of the categories to deal with all the problems. But I think Jen is correct that the Gemara at this stage is assuming that the Azozo means it's only these things that are listed, and we're not looking at the Klal, according to Rebiosi. So if it's only these things that are listed, um, that are the application, here's another application of the rule. Okay, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's right. Vare, the Sulah, are you telling me it's only these things that are listed that are in the application of the rule? Vare, Chalal Shanazar Bat Yisrael, the Eshkidushin Vein Avera, so that's a permissible marriage, and Avran Holecha Charzacher, and it follows the father's status. So, Ezozo, it's not a complete list. You're right, it's not a complete list. So the Muslim says, Kasha, that's not a problem. Reb Dostai ben Reb ben Reb Yehuda. Like Reb Dostai ben Reb Yehuda that we taught, if you remember the other day, that says that a halal and a woman who's not a halal, the child is actually not a problem. So in that case, it doesn't father, follow the father, and the Ve'ezozo is a complete list. Sfirole. Okay, so now you're, yeah, get it right. Now at this stage, I jumped too far ahead. At this stage, we're asserting that the Ve'ezozo means there are exceptions, and Ve'ezozo is telling you it's only this list, and nothing else is an application of the rule. So the Gemara says, "Vare Yisrael shenasa halala." One minute. How about a Yisrael who married a woman who's a halala, which is permissible? He's not a kohen. The age kedushin vein avera havlad olecha charazacha, and the child is not a halal. The child is kosher, okay? Because he's a Yisrael. Yisrael married a halal. The child is a halala. The child is kosher. So that's a case where it goes by the male. So how can you say, yeah? How can you say Ezozo is the entire application of the list, okay? So the Gemara says, "Tana." Now he said what I was jumping. Fine. The Komak of the Resha allows us to both deal with, with things that are applications not included and to deal with exceptions. Okay? So the Komakum now of the Resha, right? The Komakum of the Resha is going to include what? So this so the exception is Ger and Mamzeret. That's a case where there is no Avera and it goes by the Psul. And the case that's not listed that should have been here is Yisrael and Chalala, or we can now also include Chalal and, and Yisraelite, right, where, uh, where in those types of cases, no Avera, and the child actually would go by the father. Okay, so those are other applications of the rule, right? So we were starting, Jenna was correct, assuming that there's only, you know, there are no more applications of the rule, everything else is an exception, and now we're saying, actually, there are some things that are applications we didn't include, and there are some exceptions. Applications we didn't exclude, no they when it goes by the father, is the halal situation. Not, not, it always goes by the father. The, not like Rebdosi, I know, but once we give this answer, we don't have to say that. We always go by the father. No Avera, we go by the father. There are cases no Avera, we go by the Psul, that's the Ger and Monseris. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. So Misnaya Behed, yay? Sorry, if we go by the father, Halal and Yisraelit, then the kid would be Kasher, the Huna? Is it the Halal and Yisraelit? What you, 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 you listen to Halal and Yisraelit. Right. Then Avon will have a Halal, oh, right, and Zaka, right, so it would be a Halal. Yeah. And then Yisraelit and Halal, the Vlad would be Kasher. Right. Okay, so the Gemara says, Misnaya Behed, yeah? So if there are things that are included in the list, I get that you don't want to list exceptions. You want to try to create a klal. But with, why not say more of the applications explicitly? Okay? Why not say them explicitly? Because you can't say it easily in the way the mission is framed. How should you say it? Okay? That's how you would want to say it. Right? If you wanted to include the halal in that. But you can't frame it that way. Because then you're including the possibility that a halala could marry a kohen. The halala kohen It doesn't fit neatly in the framing of the Mishnah. Which is a pretty good answer. Okay? So in the case of kohen levi Yisrael, we could have included a halal with a Yisrael or a halala, I mean with a Yisraelite or a halala with a Yisrael. But it wouldn't have been easy to fit that into the Mishnah. In one sentence. In one sentence. Okay, we want to make a tight little teaching of the Mishnah. Okay. So now, now we've allowed to the fact that there are things that are part of the claw we didn't list and there are exceptions to the claw. Now, he could do Rabbi Babachana. How about Rabbi Babachana? 
So Amar Rabbi Rabbi Chanan Rabbi Yochanan Mitzri Sheni Shenasa Mitzri Sri Shona Binashli Shehave. Okay, so so the halacha is that a, a, a Mitzri until the third generation of a Mitzri converts. That he's a first generation, or she. His child or her child is a second generation Mitzri. Uh, only a third generation, Dur Shlishi Yavolam Bikal Hashem. Now, how do you count generations? Let's say you have a first generation Mitzri, right? I'm sorry, a second generation Mitzri marrying a man, marrying a first generation Mitzri. Is the child a third generation or a second generation? Got the question? Okay, so he says, The child goes by the father, presumably, and it's a third generation. So there you have a case of, it's mutter for Mitzri to marry Mitzri. They're all converts here, okay? It's mutter for them to marry one another. And avlad holechachar hazachar. The generations are counted based on the father. So that's another application of this rule of Mitzri and Mitzrit, that we should go by the father. Why was that not listed? So the Gemara say, you know what? Fine, that's what the Komakam is doing. We're, now we're allowing ourselves to say anything that wasn't listed is included in the Komakam. You're right, that's another application of the rules. Okay, we have Dimi the Amar Shani Have. How about Ravdimi that says the opposite? You go by the mother in the case of Mitri and Mitzrit. So so what's the answer? Tana limute. Okay, so according to some, that would be it's either the rule or the exception. So now it's perfect. Anything that's a rule that we didn't list is included in Komakam. Anything that's an exception that we didn't list is included in Azozo. <laughs> well, the rule is still generally true, but yes. I know. The best, the best thing is to do, there's two parts. One is the literary question of, it doesn't fit. The other question is the legal question, is this rule at all helpful? So if we can make the exceptions as narrow as possible, then we can tolerate some exceptions if the rule is generally true. Okay? So now the question goes like this. The Ika, what about the case of the Yasu Rabbi number of Yochanan, the Umos Halachachar Zachar? If you have two non Jews, and the case we're going to see is a Canaanite and a non Canaanite, right? So, and what would you consider the child? You know, what tribe would the child be? Would it be a Canaanite? So the Halacha is about Canaanim, you know? Or would it be a non? So, no, you go by the father. Okay, that's fine. Now, let's say they've converted, okay? And you have to decide the status of the child. It could also be a Moavi and an Edomi, where there are different halachas about whether, when you can marry into them, right? Even after they've converted. So he says, So you go by the Pagum. Now, if you have a converted Adomi marrying a converted Mitzri, it's Einavera, it's like Mitzri and Mitzri, they're both converted, and it says you go by the Pagum. So that's an exception to the rule, right? Einavera, Yeshkidushin, and you're going by the Pagum. Well, okay, so the Gemara will say, because if one of them has a more disqualifying status, okay, we'll see it in the Gemara, but it would be a case where one of them has a more disqualifying well, status than the other. Right, exactly, exactly. So we'll see it in the Gemara. So you go by the most disqualifying status of the two. So that's an exception to the rule. So the Gemara says, Tana, Ezuzuli Mute, fine. So here, not only is an exception possibly Mitri and Mitri, but it's also a case about Umot Shanit Kairu. Okay? And we'll see that case. Shanit Gairu. And in those cases, you go by the Pagam. Okay? So, yes. Now, notice, by the way, and this actually goes back to Jenna's question, all of the exceptions are cases where we're not talking about naturally born Jews. Right? Or at least one of them. Right? Either Ger Mamzeris, you go by the Pogum, or two nations that converted, Adomi and Mitri or whatever, you go by the Pogum. So, this still holds true, right, by like naturally born Jews. I mean, Mitri and Mitzvah is the question about which category you put it in. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Hi, my One minute, says the Gemara. How can you do all of this? If our mission is Reb Yehuda by the Mitzri and the uh, by the uh, Ger and the Mamzeres, so the Kol Makom here includes the Halal case, okay? The Deraba Barbachana, and it also include the Rabba Barbachana of the Mitzri and the Mitzri's case. Okay, now we're going to go through like does something fit into each box? Now that we've established that there are things that each box creates more things in the category and allows for exceptions. Okay, so if you say this has this and this has this, Ezozo, Limute Duravdimi Viravdin, Ezozo, 
is either because now we're working with Rabbi Yehuda. Ezozo is coming to uh, deal with the ex- exception to the rule of the Umot Shenit Gairu and possibly the Mitzri and the Mitzri depending on how you paskin. So we have things that fall into the exception category. Okay? People sort of following the, the thrust of this. Now we haven't gotten to this yet. And the Komakum here we're doing with Red Yehuda. So here there is something that's, that's in, an application that's not included. There in Mamzeris, according to him, is an Avera, and it goes by the Pagam. Okay? So we've got all these categories accounted for, except not that one. We have all these categories accounted for. He says, but, but according to Rebiosi, then not all the boxes are filled. The Komakum here includes the Israel and the Halal, and maybe the Mitzri and the Mitzri's case. That's another application of going by the mail. Eizozo, the exception, Kedamrin, First of all, it's Reb Yossi's idea that the exception Ger and it goes by the Gam and all of the Umos Shenit Kairu. All of those are the exceptions that you go by the Begam. But there's nothing in the Sefer of when there's an Avera you go by the Begam that's not mentioned. So there's nothing else included in the Klau that Reb Yehuda has. Well, we're assuming the coal is coming to include... Yeah, that's what we're assuming. We're going to answer that. Reb Yehuda includes in that Klau Garen Manzeres. It's an Avera when you go by the Begam. But for Reb Yossi, he doesn't pass in that way. So the Gemara says, you haven't put anything in this box. So the Gemara says, okay, let's see, the Gemara says, one minute. You don't need something in every box, says the Gemara. You don't have an exception here for, right, to the halach of going after the Pagam when there's an Avera. Because you have those boxes in the first half of the Mishnah where we did have more things to include and, and things to exclude. We have those boxes in the end. So, Okay, Shkayach. Alright, that was a little exhausting. Let's try to do, we'll see if we can add in two more minutes, let's let, one more case. Kufa. What would be the case that they're non-Jews, they remain non-Jews, and the tribe is defined by the father, right? Maybe the so, a female Kna'anit, you know, has a child with somebody from not one of the seven nations. The Holy Bane. How do you know that, that's, that the child of that kid, that, that kid is not considered to be a Canaanite and you'd be allowed to have them as a slave and it's not under the mitzvah of destroying all the seven Canaanite nations that you're not allowed to own them as slaves, etc. How do you know that child is not one of the Canaanite nations if the father is not a Canaanite? Talmud Lamar from those that are not so those that are dwelling in your land they're not native to your land you can actually still buy those children as slaves okay so if they're not native if they're not native Canaanites they're just dwelling in your land which was understood to be that the, the definition of native or not native we're, we're like sort of a little bit making, reading our assumptions into the Pasuk we're assuming what defines that is the father so if the, if the, if the, if the person is not native meaning if the father isn't native Native, but they're in the land and they have a wife who's a Canaanite. The child is not a Canaanite. Yagolat Eved, or maybe Biknani, Shabal Shifcha Mina Umot, Voli Ben, Shatur Shailik Nosov Eved. What about the reverse? If it was a Canaanite man who had a child with a non Canaanite woman, maybe that child you'd be allowed to purchase would not be considered a Canaanite. Tamudomar, Asher Holidu Be'artzachem. You can buy these slaves from those that are born in your land, meaning that by haphazardly they're born in your land. That's not really their identity. Their real identity is that they, they live somewhere else, because their father lives somewhere else. Those you can. Those that live in the land, defined by the father. If the father is, is, from, is from Canaan, so the children are basically considered to be living in Canaan, because they follow the father. So in that case, you know, it goes by the father. Of course, you realize what we did is we took our assumptions, we read it into the puzzle, and then we read it back out of the puzzle, right? Because the puzzle doesn't say anything about father. It just says, there are some people that are sometimes they're considered to be you know born abroad but living here and sometimes they're born here but they're living abroad and who's that? well it goes by the father so you see you go by the father anyway so for the non-Jewish nations for, for the non-Jews the status of which nation you're a part of is defined by the father and we'll continue tomorrow about what happens when they convert and you do with an Edomi convert and a Moavi convert or an Ammoni convert and how that works out